0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another edition of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash stbs. Today's guest brings us from dallas texas he is the owner of the evolution basketball association now geez one when you hear this you ask yourself okay what's the evolution basketball association and where have you heard this well the Rio Grande valley has a franchise in this league the valley horn frogs but today i get the owner of the Evolution Basketball Association. Please introduce yourself, sir.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Ray. Uh, my name is Mason Brawley, the owner of the Evolution Basketball Association, better known as the EBA.
0: And the EBA, how did the foundation of this league start? Uh, what were some of the uh, foundation principles? that you wanted to start this league with
1: yes uh, so I, I was approached about two years ago from some colleagues of mine in, in the industry um, to get help placing their guys overseas um, we've had success uh with my personal team the dallas heat um we, ha- we have an nba affiliation and uh, we've placed 22 guys overseas, so other teams were wanting to know exactly what we've done, um, how to do it, and uh, to kind of, you know, have some success in, in their uh, line of work. So, um, uh, you know, after, you know, giving it much thought and, you know, being bombarded with uh, questions and and um, teams just, you know, being eager, uh, I decided to go ahead and, you know, create a league. To where they can feel that their their opinion matters, um, their platform matters. Uh, a league that's about um, exclusivity, and and also, um, bringing a, a different light to the the semi-pro market versus, um, the uh, the well-known you know elephant in the room that you know it's a, a tainted market.
0: And what makes the Evolution Basketball Association a little bit different from all these other leagues that you have either been a part of or been associated with in the past what what makes the eba so different from from everything else that you've been in
1: yeah so uh for one it's organized um which you know it sounds silly um but that is like the biggest biggest Issue with with semi pro basketball or minor league basketball in general, uh, organization is terrible, um, and I feel like we capitalize on that. We have a lot of different things um, that help us out with that, and as well as for our fans to to follow us, uh, we have an app, uh, which if you know anybody goes on our website, it's real easy uh, of a process to follow. Um, and, you know, it, guys can get and get on there, get updates uh, on their favorite team or, you know, just in general from the league. Uh, so just that alone, I think, stands us apart. And then as well as um, a, a branded platform that we know that works. Um, and, and, and the prime example we could say is that, hey, you know, the team that's in our league, Dallas, um, they've placed uh, 22 guys overseas in the last three years, and that's the most uh, from any organization by far in the United States. Uh, so if anybody knows, it's, you know, who's running their organization, which is myself. So um, the proof is in the pudding.
0: So looking at your website here, I, I see a list of teams. And a few days ago, we, we as we were b- uh, building up this uh, conversation, a few, few days ago, you eliminated the team in which we will not go into details with. We've discussed that already, but I I just wanted to go team by team and division by division here, if if we can here. Uh, let's start with the Ambassadors Athletic Works. Uh, where are they from, and and what location uh, do they play in?
1: Yes, yeah, so they are known as AAW. Um, they're out of Dallas as well. Um, and they, uh, depending on COVID, I mean, we, just like majority of the teams, uh, I can't really say specifically where their home gym will be, um, because I don't want to, you know, mislead anybody, you know, at this point where, uh, our season is so far, uh, away, uh, on purpose, um, that hopefully that everybody will be able to have their, you know, their usual home gyms that they use. Um, uh, but as of right now, they're, they're playing out of Dallas.
0: Okay, DTX, Wolfpack.
1: Um, they're uh, playing out of Dallas as well. So uh, amb- Ambassadors, they're they're going to be in East Dallas. Um, and and DTX is going to be uh, Wolfpack. They're going to be in East Dallas as well.
0: Okay, Denver All-Stars. I'm pretty familiar with Denver. Not that I've physically been there, but Denver, Colorado. Uh, yeah.
1: NFL All-Stars. Yeah, they're they're owned by Romello, and uh, they will be out of uh, Denver, obviously. <laughs> uh,
0: nationwide Hoops. Uh,
1: they're actually out of uh, Detroit, Michigan.
0: Whoa! So you're building up quite the uh, geography there. Uh, yeah. The Texas Fury. Uh
1: they're out of Denton, Texas.
0: Okay, so that's uh, where North uh, Texas University is. Correct. I'm familiar with a little bit of the Dallas area, so uh, let's continue on here. Now let's move to the South Division. I'm already talking to the Dallas Heat, Texas Defenders.
1: Yeah, Texas Defenders. um, They'll be um, out of uh, Dallas as well.
0: Wow, so this is a uh, a Dallas-based league. How how very uh, interesting and and fitting. Uh, The Tri-City All-Stars.
1: Uh, they're out of San Antonio.
0: Okay, and then now we reach the the southernmost point of the league, where you have the Valley Horn Frogs, which Correct. of course you guys, uh, they they've been a, b- building up a pretty good rep- uh, report here in the Rio Grande Valley, b- building up a lot of their players, in a uh, based here out of the Rio Grande Valley, just one or two players c- coming from the outside, but most of the, uh, the, ta- uh, the rosters produced uh, from the area. But now some of the other things that uh, perhaps uh, have really caught my attention with talking with the Valley Horn Frogs organization, uh, playing international ball. Why elect the international method as compared to your standard NBA method?
1: Um, You mean like as far as like our rules? Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's a mixture of both. Um, I feel like um, it adds a, a level of competitiveness uh, to the game, which I, I believe the NBA will probably adapt to that um, as the years go on. You know, it takes them a little bit of time to kind of catch up with everybody else. Uh, but just for example, uh, one of our different rules – Um, What we take from FIBA is, you know, once the ball uh, touches the cylinder, it's a live ball. A guy can go grab it off of the the cylinder until it goes in the net. Um, And and I step on free throws. And I believe that's a a, a very key component. Um, You know, late stretches in games um, or even it could be a key moment in a run where you know, guy shoots a three it bounces off the rim hitting the backboard and it's about to go in and somebody comes and snatches it off the rim. That, you know, that that could be, you know, a a demoralizer Um, or, you know, it could be where the ball's doing that and they have somebody that could play above the rim. They go grab it and, and, you know, do a putback dump. Um, That could be a momentum uh, shift. So I, I just believe it shows the players, you know, who have that ability to be athletic and it also brings a sense of, urgency um that i feel that you know sometimes we lack here on the state side
0: okay okay um ver- very uh, very thorough response there um now how are you able to recruit uh these nine teams to begin a- your inaugural season and what are some of the um uh, pending factors in order for you to get this going off the ground like what do you think your your the league is missing to get itself going again
1: yeah um i the the key factors to, to bringing these teams on was just simply you know having a conversation um majority of these owners um i've talked to at some capacity before or or the coaching staff and uh like i said we we had you know one-on-one heart-to-heart Uh, conversations as far as what they wanted from their teams, because I've rejected a lot of teams. uh, And, you know, what what I'm looking for in a nutshell is a team that's looking to do things the right way, um, not take any shortcuts, um, and are actually looking to uh, help their players achieve their dreams, whether it be going to the NBA, NBA G League, overseas, or whether it be just staying at home and having something productive uh, to be in. Um, When they're not in their nine to five, because uh, there's a lot of uh, people that we even have that came through our program where they were just, you know, sweet individuals. Um, They, you know, handled their business on the court and they had great jobs, you know, whether it be a night job or day job uh, and and even careers um, to where they just were, you know, hey, I don't want to put the basketball down. I can help a team. And you know, let me try out, and they did really well. And you know, they they finished out their term with us, and and uh, you know, we're we're thankful. So I just felt like creating that kind of environment uh, is first and foremost, and then you know, that'll help expand you know with our overseas uh, partnerships and relationships. So um, yeah, that, that's pretty much uh, how, how how that goes.
0: Now to get. So lead lead me into a general process on how a team either gets uh, rewarded or accepted into this league. Now, obviously, it's a little late in that process, but how how does a team uh a, have interest or how does it or how do you approach a group that is interested in playing in, in the league?
1: yeah so um really and truthfully uh we we haven't been reaching out to teams teams have been reaching out to us mm-hmm. um they go on our website uh which is evolutionaball.com, and uh on the the top tab if you're on a computer uh it says interested team or on the mobile device you just select the uh, you know the uh the drop-down menu, and, and you're able to uh, find where it says "interested the team. And then they complete that form, and basically I reach back out to, you know, the representative, and um, we have that conversation just to see where their head's at. And if uh, the stars align, then uh, we, we move forward in the process and, and, and we get through with, you know, our um, proprietary info to, to get those teams enrolled.
0: Now, you have a, a nine-team league and you have two different divisions. At, at at any one point, did you think about like, okay, a divisional play? Okay, fine, fine and dandy. But now, is there a point where you know you're about days, months away from uh, from tipping off? Uh, how do you, how are you as a owner of a team and running the league? Uh, taking everything uh, right now with the entire COVID situation on in play right now?
1: Yes. So uh, me, myself, uh, I'm I'm very business minded um, and and very meticulous in in ways that I do things. Um, So when I put this league together, I haven't moved the start date or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I placed it on purpose in 2021 of July, which will be our preseason and August being our, our regular season uh, start date. Uh, I did that on purpose because the politics will be out of the way, you know, uh, with, with what we had and going on between Republican and democratic Um the, the COVID situation would fluctuate. Uh, we wouldn't get a clear picture of that. Now we know who's our uh, president and presidential party. Uh, you'll start to see things kind of transition and they'll put their rules in place. So that'll probably take all the way up until I said like March, February or March, where we get a, a clear picture of exactly what the, the United States is gonna look like as far as COVID goes. And then that's still, far enough away to where we can then adjust what we have to do for our season. Um, But as of right now, where it stands at, I think we're sitting pretty uh, with what our, our uh, intentions are for our inaugural season. And um, the owners, they were, you know, very happy that we already foreseen, you know, everything that's happening and, and decided to move it out that far that way that they can, you know, prepare for everything. It's nothing strenuous on the teams.
0: Now, some of these teams have gotten a little bit of a head start and they've already started building the roster like the Valley Horn Frogs. You guys are going to be hosting them in an exhibition game. What, what are you guys looking to take away from that exhibition game? And what do you want to just see from, from uh, this exhibition game in, in general?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, and just uh, today um there they had uh they pulled out from that
0: okay okay so you so i'll just edit the segment out and i'll uh i'll rephrase i'll rephrase everything so okay um so now how are you approaching uh, with with the nine teams that you have in place what are going to be some of the roster limits that you guys will be uh, hoping to operate because I know there's a certain a certain leagues where like, okay, you, you'll have X amount of players, but only so many can come, can come and help you and only so many uh, foreign players can come out and help you. What are some of the roster limitations that you kind of have set for the league at this moment?
1: Yeah, so as of right now, um, we're telling teams they could bring as many as 18 uh, on a roster. And the reason why um, we say that is because you never know in our line of work. It's not your traditional uh, basketball where you have uh, everybody under salary and, you know, you have certain expectations where they do this full time. We understand that there's uh, family um, heavily Uh, involved in every decision so one one game you may have two or three guys that have you know something come up with work or with you know family to where they can't attend and you need to have somebody that you can depend on now if you bring all 18 guys uh, I mean I would you know love to see how you get that to work Uh, but it's just more so for the purpose that no teams have to go through a forfeit um, or have any issues when it comes to, you know, attending games where they have to bring five guys. Um, so the, the teams in our league will have uh, a even competitive advantage. So as long as you have, you know, ample subs uh, and, and a good rotation, teams will be fine. And uh, we are, everybody's already submitted their roster uh, for our tournament which is going to be our exposure tournament, the Evo ball December 18th here in Dallas. Um, And so they'll uh, compete with those rosters. And then um, there may be a few tweaks and changes um, before the actual uh, preseason kicks off, uh, which will then um, lock our rosters.
0: Okay. So with that, with that in mind, you guys have a, a preseason, preseason tournament, um, coming up in December, uh, what's going to be the, the number one uh, thing that that the league will be encompassing on w- with this tournament? W- what things do you want to, like, uh, see and obviously just work on?
1: Yeah, so we want to make sure – obviously, safety is, is first and foremost. Um, so we want to make sure everybody follows the, the COVID protocols – Um, that we have in place down here. We've been running a league uh, here at the same facility uh, where we've had 52 teams and we've been doing it for the last like two to three months. Zero cases. Nobody's came up sick or anything like that. So I feel like, you know, with everybody, you know, following our protocols, you know, to the T, uh, which they will be heavily enforced. uh, We'll be fine. Um, But I hope, as a lead commissioner and owner uh, that everybody uh, has a competitive game and that we can at least find one to two guys on each team uh, that can play at the next level right now. Um, now, it may be a guy that develops during the season that we eventually, you know, give a head nod to, um, but we're looking to take around, you know, 15 to 20 guys uh, over to Mexico to our partners in our league, and uh, see how they fare over there uh, against their competition. And hopefully these guys earn a contract um, right off the bat. And uh, that that's our biggest hurdle. That's our biggest uh, uh, focal point right now, just just the development of these guys.
0: Now, w- with that in mind, I mean, you have a partnership uh, aligning in Mexico. And having that, you want to set up something where at least you'll have one representative uh, from e- from each team. Um, about how, how many uh, scouts are you expected to have at, during this uh, at this event that you're having in December? And what's gonna and what's gonna be the uh, the focal points of that?
1: Yeah, so we're looking to have between one and, and four. Um, there may be more um, than that one through four. And, and I say one through four because uh, I'm working with the, the, the Mexican government right now um, to get certain things cleared. Obviously relations are kind of messed up, uh, you know, from our, our previous uh, uh, presidential party. So just trying to get certain things cleared up that way that they're allowed to, to attend safely and return back safely. And uh, so we have to go through some some clearance protocols, uh, a little, a couple of things that are, you know, above uh, normal uh, citizens pay grades, uh, I would say. So uh, within the next uh, week or so, we'll have those clearances and um, that'll determine uh, how many we're able to bring, but, uh, as long as we're able to, you know, encompass, um, the event with, with at least, you know, one or two, uh, we'll, uh, achieve the goal that we need to.
0: And just, the, just moving forward, you, you keep mentioning the, the COVID protocols. What's your standard protocol for for each of your teams that you have, uh, right now in line? Are you guys, uh, doing the NCAA thing? Where you guys or did you guys adopt a uh, a similar measure to where, okay, you're only testing uh, twice a week to make sure that, hey, everything is is being run okay that we're uh, that that each team has their certain bubbles. Uh, How is that working along?
1: Yeah, so it's just a one day tournament. Uh, and majority of our teams have uh, all tested their players in and, and, and some shape or form. Uh, and basically, uh, before the tournament, having teams uh, limit outside interactions. Uh, so that way, uh, there isn't any um, increased chances of, of, of anybody, you know, bringing it into, into the facility as far as uh, no parties uh, mm-hmm. social gatherings, anything of that nature. And, um, when they, res- when they come to the facility, uh, we do temperature checks. So anybody above a 99, um, is somebody that we wouldn't allow into the facilities. Uh, we also have, uh, each individual, uh, hold their breath for 10 seconds. Um, and then, you know, exhale, um, uh, heavily twice and if they cough or anything like that we give them a, a another opportunity and then uh if they do then we don't let them in uh if they're feeling or if they look like they're you know they're tired or drained or anything of that nature um it would also be somebody that we wouldn't allow into the facility uh just because that is one of the symptoms uh of the the virus and then obviously uh we use the good boy system you know if you're If you've had diarrhea or, you know, any of the main causes uh, within the last uh, week, um, we we obviously ask, you know, for those individuals to, you know, not attend the facility. Obviously, uh, uh, the the obvious, you know, elephant in the room in this equation is there could be somebody that says, oh, well, I'm fine. And they're not fine. Um, But that's just, you know, what we deal with every day. Uh, in normal society so everybody's wearing a mask 20 uh 24 7 while they're in the facility except for the players that are on the court and as i mentioned we had 52 teams um each weekend in the facility and everybody's been following the same protocol so as long as everybody has their mask up they're protecting themselves and protecting the others
0: now just a, a couple of more questions regarding the the league here within itself so you each team has its own proper t- testing protocols, or do you have something that man- um, that you've mandated for all for all teams to for to follow the protocol?
1: Yeah, so uh, each team is different. So okay. we have some teams that uh, you know required all their te- players to get tested. Um, I know Denver for sure. I'm using them ex- as an example. Um, They do their testing uh, almost every two weeks Um, and before they make any travel, uh, they test. So basically our tournaments on the 18th, um, they would test uh, three days out Mm -hmm. and um, other teams uh, don't test as frequently, um, but all the teams in their own way, shape or form will, will have a test. Uh, up until, I would say, uh, 10 days before the actual event.
0: Okay, okay. That, that sounds like a good protocol. Uh, listen, I, just a few more questions and I'll let it go here. How did you get yourself, it, how did this project come along? What gave you the, the idea of the fairness for everyone and you've been a part of basketball. You you've been a you've been a part of basketball for quite some time. But what are what are the, some uh, what are your background experiences that you want to bring and hope that they evolve into what your league is right now?
1: Yeah. So um, I played basketball at a high level. I made it all the way to the Houston Rockets uh, training camp. Um, and I was gypped out of that opportunity because of the agent that I had and uh, so that experience um, with that shaped me into being the kind of guy that realizes that this business well this game is a business first and foremost which a lot of people don't understand and I understand that um, to, to the highest degree and understanding that we're in the biggest market everybody knows about the nba there's billions of dollars in it but the majority there's more minor league players than there are nba players um it's almost 100 to 1 so um getting this market capitalizing um showing these guys that there is um hope there is a way to achieve what they want to achieve and not just telling them that, but actually showing it to them. Um, It it brings me to, you know, back to the EBA, you know, integrity is a big, is a big factor. Uh, Me being from Philadelphia, I'm a straight shooter. Um, I don't play with people's feelings. And um, I, I want the league to have that kind of odor about it to where when teams hear EBA or see the logo, they know like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this league here is taking into consideration, you know, any and everything uh, that you could think of in the in the circuit and putting it into a pot and and coming out with a solution that um, is not obviously going to be 100 percent foolproof, but it's going to be you could guarantee it to be 90 percent or above. And I know the owner is going to take our best interest at heart. He's going to make sure that I can comfortably say to my players that you have an opportunity to do whatever it is that you want to do through the connections, um, that I put, uh, I possess and I put, um, over the league.
0: And with that said, you know, you had an opportunity, uh, with the Rockets and after that, that, the. Uh, that bad agent, the, the spoiler, you see that happen everywhere. Uh, but how, how are you able to recover and get to where you're at today? Because I'll, you hear a lot of these stories like my agent played me bad. This happened. This happened. And all of a sudden you're without basketball. There's very limited opportunities, whether you're at the G League level you're at the ABA level. uh, How how were you able to recover from from such setback?
1: Yeah, um, really and truthfully, just being mentally strong, tough, uh, understanding that, you know, life goes on. And then oddly enough, um, I actually spoke with the agent that, you know, kind of burned my bridge uh, with professional basketball Mm -hmm. and Oddly enough, he was the agent, uh, he was the person in my ear that told me to start the team uh, four years ago. And ever since then, I haven't looked back um, and I don't deal with the agent, obviously. um, But it's been a blessing in disguise. I I just can't describe the feeling you get when you hit the lottery uh, of placing a guy um, in a position that he, he didn't think was possible. Um, I, I could just tell you, you know, when I first placed a guy overseas and my, my organization four years ago, um, it, it it was it, it was just indescribable. Just imagine yourself hitting a, you know, the the winning lottery ticket, um, and winning that, you know, hundred million dollars like that. That same exact expression and, and emotion um, was the same emotion that that we shared.
0: Wow. So what? What is that process like to send a player overseas? Like, just give me a scenario where you've sent a player overseas, uh, regardless of, of country or anything like that.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, so for one, the player has to have um, some kind of uh, a skill set about him. Uh, and for one, it has to fit the team that's that's looking, or a team with an opening. So you may be, you know, a fifty-point scorer, uh, and the team is looking for a rebounder. That's not a good match. Uh, and then let's say you know the team's looking for a rebounder, and you're twenty-point rebounder a game. Okay, so that that's a check mark. Okay, is this guy uh, played anywhere? Who is he getting these rebounds against? Uh, you have to create a profile uh, about that player that matches the market he's going into. Um, And then uh, not only that, you have to vouch for that player. Yes. I I know without a doubt that he could do X, Y, Z within this market. And you have to get the team to buy and believe that. And then um, not only that uh, the, the most important piece of it is that they have to be excellent off the court. So you may be good on the court, a talent but you have to be an exceptional human being for the most part um you know coming from where these guys are coming from uh to then take that on and and um and receive a job so you know being in the community um on the sidelines um not being a cancer not getting into fights obviously fights happen you know during games it's just you know out of competitive nature um but you know us that have been doing it for a long time, we can tell uh, a lot about a person just by watching full game film. So uh, just players uh, adhering to that and and knowing that um, that's really what it, uh, it all encompasses.
0: All right, man, no, I look for a person that's never played basketball, such as myself. I mean, hell, I mean, I, I think I can check off some of those Uh, check marks, uh, you know, but uh, I I truly appreciate the time, the efforts, and uh, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, no, most definitely, Ray, and I appreciate you for having me, and I, uh, I definitely love the work that you're doing down there.
0: Thank you. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes,
1: and Spotify. Thanks for listening.